Part three of the cynical Miss Catherwaite by Richard Harding Davis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Part three. She determined finally to ask her father about it. He would be sure to know, she thought, as he and Mr. Lockwood were contemporaries then she decided finally not to say anything about it at all for mr carthwaite did not approve of the collection of dishonoured honours as it was and she had no desire to prejudice him still further by a recital of her afternoon's adventure of which she had no doubt but he would also disapprove so she was more than usually silent during the dinner which was a tete-a-tete -tete family dinner that night and she allowed her father to doze after it in the library in his great chair without disturbing him with either questions or confessions they had been sitting there some time he with his hands folded on the evening paper and with his eyes closed when the servant brought in a card and offered it to mr carthwaite mr carthwaite fumbled over his glasses and read the name on the card aloud mr lewis l lockwood dear me he said what can mr lockwood be calling upon me about miss carthwaite sat upright and reached out for the card with a nervous gasping little laugh oh i think it must be for me she said i'm quite sure it is intended for me i was at his office to-day you see to return him some keepsake of his that i found in an old curiosity shop something with his name on it that had been stolen from him and pawned it was just a trifle you needn't go down dear i'll see him it was i he asked for i'm sure was it not morris morris was not quite sure being such an old gentleman he thought it must be for mr carthwaite he'd come mr carthwaite was not greatly interested he did not like to disturb his after-dinner nap and he settled back in his chair again and refolded his hands i hardly thought he could have come to see me he murmured drowsily though i used to see enough and more than enough of lewis lockwood once my dear he added with a smile as he opened his eyes and nodded before he shut them again that was before your mother and i were engaged and people did say that young lockwood's chances at that time were as good as mine but they weren't it seems he was very attentive though very attentive miss catherwaite stood startled and motionless at the door from which she had turned attentive to whom she asked quickly and in a very low voice 
to my mother mr carthwaite did not deign to open his eyes this time but moved his head uneasily as if he wished to be let alone to your mother of course my child he answered of whom else was i speaking miss catherwaite went down the stairs to the drawing-room slowly and paused half-way to allow this new suggestion to settle in her mind there was something distasteful to her something that seemed not altogether unblameable in a woman's having two men quarrel about her neither of whom was the woman's husband and yet this girl of whom latimer had spoken must be her mother and she of course could do no wrong it was very disquieting and she went on down the rest of the way with one hand resting heavily on the railing and with the other pressed against her cheeks she was greatly troubled it now seemed to her very sad indeed that these two one-time friends should live in the same city and meet as they must meet and not recognize each other she argued that her mother must have been very young when it happened or she would have brought two such men together again her mother could not have known she told herself she was not to blame for she felt sure that had she herself known of such an accident she would have done something said something to make it right and she was not half the woman her mother had been she was sure of that there was something very likable in the old gentleman who came forward to greet her as she entered the drawing-room something courtly and of the old school of which she was so tired of hearing but of which she wished she could have seen more in the men she met young mr latimer had accompanied his guardian exactly why she did not see but she recognized his presence slightly he seemed quite content to remain in the background mr lockwood as she had expected explained that he had called to thank her for the return of the medal he had it in his hand as he spoke and touched it gently with the tips of his fingers as though caressing it i knew your father very well said the lawyer and i at one time had the honour of being one of your mother's younger friends that was before she was married many years ago he stopped and regarded the girl gravely and with a touch of tenderness you will pardon an old man old enough to be your father if he says he went on that you are greatly like your mother my dear young lady greatly like 
your mother was very kind to me and i fear i abused her kindness abused it by misunderstanding it there was a great deal of misunderstanding and i was proud and my friend was proud and so the misunderstanding continued until now it has become irretrievable he had forgotten her presence apparently and was speaking more to himself than to her as he stood looking down at the medal in his hand you were very thoughtful to give me this he continued it was very good of you i don't know why i should keep it though now although i was distressed enough when i lost it but now it is only a reminder of a time that is past and put away but which was very very dear to me perhaps i should tell you that i had a misunderstanding with the friend who gave it to me and since then we have never met have ceased to know each other but i have always followed his life as a judge and as a lawyer and respected him for his own sake as a man i cannot tell i do not know how he feels towards me the old lawyer turned the medal over in his hand and stood looking down at it wistfully the cynical miss catherwaite could not stand it any longer mr lockwood she said impulsively mr latham has told me why you and your friend separated and i cannot bear to think that it was she my mother should have been the cause she could not have understood she must have been innocent of any knowledge of the trouble she had brought to men who were such good friends of hers and to each other it seems to me as though my finding that coin is more than a coincidence i somehow think that the daughter is to help undo the harm that her mother has caused unwittingly caused keep the medal and don't give it back to me for i am sure your friend has kept his and i am sure he is still your friend at heart don't think i am speaking hastily or that i am thoughtless in what i am saying but it seems to me as if friends good true friends were so few that one cannot let them go without a word to bring them back but though i am only a girl and a very light and unfeeling girl some people think i feel this very much and i do wish i could bring your old friend back to you again as i brought back his pledge it has been many years since henry burgoyne and i have met said the old man slowly and it would be quite absurd to think that he still holds any trace of that foolish boyish feeling of loyalty that we once had for each other yet i will keep this if you will let me and i thank you my dear young lady for what you have said i thank you from the bottom of my heart 
you are as good and as kind as your mother was and i can say nothing believe me in higher praise he rose slowly and made a movement as if to leave the room and then as if the excitement of this sudden return into the past could not be shaken off so readily he started forward with a move of sudden determination i think he said i will go to henry burgoyne's house at once to-night i will act on what you have suggested i will see if this has or has not been one long unprofitable mistake if my visit should be fruitless i will send you this coin to add to your collection of dishonoured honours but if it should result as i hope it may it will be your doing miss catherwaite and two old men will have much to thank you for good-night he said as he bowed above her hand and god bless you miss catherwaite flushed slightly at what he had said and sat looking down at the floor for a moment after the door had closed behind him young mr latimer moved uneasily in his chair the routine of the office had been strangely disturbed that day and he now failed to recognize in the girl before him with reddened cheeks and trembling eyelashes the cold self-possessed young woman of society whom he had formerly known you have done very well if you will let me say so he began gently i hope you are right in what you said and that mr lockwood will not meet with a rebuff or an ungracious answer why he went on quickly i have seen him take out his gun now every spring and every fall for the last ten years and clean and polish it and tell what great shots he and henry as he calls him used to be and then he would say that he would take a holiday and get off for a little shooting but he never went he would put the gun back into its case again and mope in his library for days afterward you see he never married and though he adopted me in a manner and is fond of me in a certain way no one ever took the place in his heart his old friend had held you will let me know will you not at once to-night even whether he succeeds or not said the cynical miss catherwaite you can understand why i am so deeply interested i see now why you said i would not tell the story of that medal but after all it may be the prettiest story the only pretty story i have to tell mr lockwood had not returned the man said when young latimer reached the home the lawyer had made for them both he did not know what to argue from this but determined to sit up and wait 
and so sat smoking before the fire and listening with his sense of hearing on a strain for the first movement at the door he had not long to wait the front door shut with a clash and he heard mr lockwood crossing the hall quickly to the library in which he waited then the inner door was swung back and mr lockwood came in with his head high and his eyes smiling brightly there was something in his step that had not been there before something light and vigorous and he looked ten years younger he crossed the room to his writing-table without speaking and began tossing the papers about on his desk then he closed the rolling-top lid with a snap and looked up smiling i shall have to leave you to look after things at the office for a little while he said judge burgoyne and i are going to maryland for a few weeks shooting End of part three. End of the cynical Miss Catherwaite by Richard Harding Davis. Recorded by Carolyn in April two thousand and fifteen in Groningen in the Netherlands. Thank you for listening.